Welcome to the My Fantasy Fix podcast. Uh, I'm a new voice to you guys on this uh, episode. I'm with Skeeter Robinson. I'm filling in for Bennett Carroll. And yeah, Skeeter, I'm, I'm honored to take a part in this uh, podcast. I don't think uh, any of the listeners have probably heard me unless you are a My Fantasy Fix subscriber. I'm sure they've heard you on SiriusXM. We have a lot of uh, loyal listeners there, so I don't think <laughs> yeah. you're exactly a new voice. I'm still the voice they're trying to get used to. First time I think my voice has been uh, recorded on iTunes, though, so oh, that's, oh, that's something. So oh. it's, a, it's a new day. So, Skeeter, what we are doing here today, it's a little bit new format, new voice, new format. We are going over the showdown slates for Week 9. Uh, obviously, you know, the Thursday night uh, fantastic game has already happened. <laughs> um, we, we do have a Sunday game to look forward to and a Monday night game to, uh, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but no. it's a game to uh, potentially target. So um, let's start at Thursday night, though, because the Oakland-San Francisco game played out a little bit differently than I think a lot of people thought. Nick Mullins is um, suddenly royalty in San Francisco, huh? Yeah, I mean, what does this say about C.J. Beathard? Yeah. Because, I mean, he had some good matchups, and he didn't do anything. Here comes Nick Mullins, never played in the NFL before, on a short week with questionable running backs, and he actually looks like a pretty decent QB. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Granted. he's QB1, but... Granted, he faced one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I understand, but, I mean, there were still throws. He, he looked calm. No he turnovers. He did. That's I mean, true. He at least looks like he would be a viable backup, and maybe and, you know, at this point, you know, who and an emergency starter. I mean, do you, don't you think that like Buffalo could use him right now, or like the Giants? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure that the uh, I'm not so sure that the 49ers aren't going to just roll with him. You know what I mean? I mean, I think he did enough to at least earn an, another start. So it'll be interesting to see. Looking at the the showdown slate winner, though. Um, he had an interesting lineup build. He, he kind of did. We were talking before the podcast, Skeeter, and you mentioned that you did five Raiders and, and one 49er. Yeah. He, he did the same concept, only he flipped it, and, and obviously that worked out a little bit better for him. But he had Mullins as the captain. Um, and, and his price, I mean, anytime you get a quarterback, um, you know, at, at, as low price as he was, he was only 10200 as a captain, which is really incredible. Allows you to do a lot of things elsewhere. But really looking at his lineup, he had Kittle, who obviously had a nice night. Um, Mostert's 49ers defense. He had Doug Martin as his lone Raider. And then Bord snuck in there, who did decently. Um, at 5600 bucks though, he really didn't perform nearly as well i mean he could have had the winning lineup had 103 points i think he could have had a lot more than that um had he chosen a couple different players so that kind of shows you right there skeeter and let's talk about that for a little bit 103 points is what 2x of most players i mean where are we at with showdown slates and targets because we have a pretty good feel of what we want to target on gpps on you know a main slate but where are we on showdown slates? I mean, you look at what happened in the New England-Buffalo uh, game. The winning lineup had 123. Um, you know, you, you go down and, you know, you look at where some of these other plays are. Obviously, on higher scoring nights where it's a, more of a shootout, those targets are a little bit higher. I mean, do we need to adjust our philosophy of, of what we're targeting with uh, these types of lineups to cash in GPPs on, on a showdown slate? 
think so, and I think as we accumulate more data, like this is a certainly an off-season project of mine. Is I'm sitting here accumulating all the winning lineups from every one of these $10 showdown Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night slates. Um, I'm not doing the ones on Sunday. I know they do a feature game at noon or 1 p.m. and 4:25. I'm not looking at those. I'm going to look at the ones where it's the, the only prime time game. slates. Yeah, basically, yeah. So I'm going to look at that, but I tend to think that maybe at the top, what we're really wanting is two, two and a half X value. So, mm. like, for example, like, um, for the most part, the most expensive player has been 12000 and that's you know, reserved for somebody. And whether or not it's captain or not, I don't think it makes a difference. So we have to feel like they can get 24 or more points, maybe even, maybe even 30 at this point to do that. I think lower down we ought to be starting to look at two and a half, maybe maybe even three x. So this is why I think like the kickers are going to be coming into play because, for the most part, they're the ones that if you can get three field goals out of them, they're not priced any more than th- about thirty five hundred. I think that's maybe on the low end what we're looking for. Now I think the problem though is the kickers don't have the upside of a, you know, Eldrick Robinson in that uh, Thursday night game where he scored two touchdowns. But right. he's also not going to hit anywhere near as much as a kicker. So I think it's kind of a balance of what are you trying to achieve. If you're if you're playing multiple lineups, then you throw in that dart, you know, the Demetrius Harris of Kansas City or somebody like that who has shown some ability but just is too risky. Whereas maybe if it's a lower scoring game, opt for the kicker because the kickers we've seen – We've seen kickers uh, win. We've seen two kickers on winning lineups. The only thing we haven't seen yet is a kicker at captain take down one of these. And I think it's, I think the time's coming, but I'm still not ready. To, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go there yet, even though I might try it this week. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, let's get into this week, because we do have a really fascinating uh, Sunday night game for everybody. In New England hosting the Packers. Um it's two defenses that really aren't that great. Uh, they've they've been up and down this season. They've flashed um, some potential, but man, we got two of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, if not the two best quarterbacks in NFL history, going against one another in this game. It's going to be a classic game. Um, I think it's going to be a slate where people are obviously going to do everything they can to fit Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady into their lineups. It's not going to be easy, though. Um, where are you at with, with the starting point for, for this Sunday night slate? Well, I took a look at both Brady and Rodgers. I mean, it's it's incredible. I mean, if these guys, they're priced at normal prices, you know, 11.6, 11.4. But if you try to roster either one of them and captain, it's $17,000, more than 17000 which doing so then leaves you an average of 16000 per position. And then you try to go and you put the other quarterback in, and suddenly you're down at 5000 on average per position, which is basically below any of the guy, any of the starting wide receivers for either team. So kudos to DraftKings for pricing these guys such that's forcing you to choose. And I'm sure we'll see lineups with two quarterbacks. But, Skeeter, I don't think you can do two quarterbacks with a captain and another quarterback this week. I just don't think you have the upside. I don't think you do either because I don't know if there's a real big value underneath 4K or even 3K. I mean, yes, Chris Hogan at 3,800. 
Maybe if you want to take a flyer on Jamal Williams or Cordero Patterson, maybe Equinemius is now um, Allison is doubtful. But I, I think those are pretty thin plays. Granted, if they hit, they work, and you will probably win. So that's maybe more of a multi-entry approach. For me, I think you have to choose one quarterback. And for me, it's Rodgers. When I look at Brady, there's a couple factors here. Number one, when I look at that 2x value, he's kind of been hovering around that 2x if we, you know, at his 11-4 price. So 22.8, he's kind of been around there. He's only had, uh, was it, two games, I believe. Yeah, one was that Indianapolis Thursday night game where he went for 32, and the other was Kansas City at 25.8. So if we project those types of totals, he's kind of around 2, 2.5x. Plus, my other issue with Brady is they can run the ball in the end zone, whether it's Patterson or White or if Michelle plays. Whereas Green Bay, I know they're giving Aaron Jones more touches, but I don't know if they're going to give him a significant higher amount of of, uh, touches. Whereas when I look at Rodgers, I see 30-plus point games. I've only seen two of them, but at least I think he has a higher upside in this matchup. Plus, without the running game, I feel I feel better with Rodgers than Brady here. Yeah, and you touched on one of the biggest stories storylines of this game, but it's going to be coming down Sunday night when, when we see the actives and actives, and it's going to be Sonny Michelle, who practiced in limited fashion all week. Um, you know, he's a guy that the value on the slate, if he's out, is without a doubt going to be Cordero Patterson, who basically led the led the Patriots in carries uh, or at least rushing yards uh, last week. Uh, you know, for me, Skeeter, he's one thousand eight hundred. He's basically your path to rostering two quarterbacks in, in the way that we talked. If Sonny Michelle is in, though, where are you at with Cordero Patterson? Do you think that he still has a role after you know being relatively effective last week? That obviously. He has the trust of Bill Belichick, or do you think that he just basically takes a complete backseat and isn't even worth considering if Michelle um, does indeed play? I think he takes a backseat. I mean, what you're hoping for is that they run some gimmick play for Patterson. He scores, or he has a kick return, which then immediately smashes value at 1,800. I just don't see it. If Michelle's healthy enough to play, they're going to play him. Like, you know, yeah. maybe they held Michelle. I mean, I don't know. I know they're talking about Michelle playing, but I have a hard time seeing it. That looked like a pretty bad injury a couple weeks ago. So, but if Michelle plays, you know, I don't know if I want to pay up 7000 for him. I don't think I'm playing him. I think I'm playing White regardless. You know, yeah. I don't think, the, you know, White's value is, is really tied to Sony Michelle one way or the other. I think his, his usage is pretty much is what it is. It's just a matter of if Kenyon Barnard gets the carries or Cordero Patterson gets the carries or Sonny Michelle gets the carries. That's that's kind of how I'm approaching that. Um, I mean, Skeeter, for me, like you said, you're picking Aaron Rodgers. Um, I want him with Devontae Adams in every single lineup. Yes, I do too. Adams is the one consistent receiver. He's a top five receiver, I believe, this year in fantasy. Like, yeah, yeah I, don't want, I don't want to uh, miss out on that. However, the other receiver I'm very interested in, in with how Allison is Veldis scantling at 5,800. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, maybe this is a semi-bold prediction. I think he ends up as the number two receiver for Green Bay going into next year. Regardless, yeah, regardless of health. I, I, I'm with you there. Um, I'm 100% with you. Um, you know, I think that uh, he has shown enough, and he even showed even with Allison on the field, that he's able to stay productive. 
Um, he, he's shown enough that he's going to be able to get it done. I can tell you, Skeeter, that, I, you know, I can build a lineup without putting a quarterback in the captain spot with both Brady and Rodgers having Adams and Valdez Scantling and then filling it out with kickers and filling it out with some low-level wide receivers like Chris Hogan and some of the other receiving options. You can even mix in the defense if you if you really wanted to. Um, it's definitely a viable path. And I think it's a path that because of the way – but really both of these offenses spread around their offensive targets, I, I want to be able to – you know, get exposure to both quarterbacks in my lineup because I think it is important. I just don't think I can afford to put either quarterback into a captain spot. I think you really need to figure out which guy is going to have the big day at an affordable spot, you know, to be captain. Right. The only thing I would caution you, and this is a game theory play, is isn't everybody going to try to fit in two quarterbacks, especially if Michelle's out? Because then you have Patterson at 1,800 who, who got 10 carries, who probably could play a little bit of receiver, too, if they really wanted to. Like, I think from a game theory perspective, I think you have a lot of similar lineups if you have both Brady and Rodgers. So that's why I think at some point here, if I'm, all, you know, I'm a one-lineup type of guy. I can't, I'm, I've tried, tried for the main slate, building multiple lineups this week and just didn't, couldn't do it. I'm, I've got to choose one QB and try to be different, because remember, we're trying to win... Uh, was it 200 or 250,000 this week? I don't know if DraftKings changes it. 200. 200,000? Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I prefer not to share it again with 238 of my closest friends. I think that's maybe the path is you're going to have to make a decision which QB to go with and go from there. Because even I think in that Kansas City-New England 43-40 game, it was, it was not a Mahomes-Brady lineup that won. I believe it was only one of the two that was in that lineup. Fair. Um... So what you're saying is put in Jamal Williams. <laughs> I mean, is that the worst play? Because, I mean, they traded Ty Montgomery. Yes, we all want them to give Aaron Jones more touches, but isn't Williams still the better pass blocker of the two? Um, Actually, I think if you look at the grades, um, Aaron Jones has actually made great strides this year, and, and it's really not. That that was a narrative going into the season that, that Jamal Williams is, you know, the, the superior pass blocker of the two. But I, I don't think it's – nearly as big of a deal um, as it was kind of blown up uh, and made out to be. I think really what it is is just Mike McCarthy just is one of the most frustrating coaches to to deal with in this situation where they're not giving Aaron Jones the ball. Aaron Jones is far and away the most talented back. Yeah, I would agree. Um, what are we doing here? Are we playing Randall Cobb at all or Aaron Jones? Um, yeah, I'm fine mixing in Aaron Jones for the reasons that you just said. Um Randall Cobb, I really have no interest in. I, I really don't. I, even when Randall Cobb gets used heavily, I just don't think. I, I just, he had 11 targets in week three, and, you know, he turned that into four catches for 22 yards. And it's just like, what is the upside with Randall Cobb? And I think that that's the, that's obviously the $200,000 question, but I personally am kind of in your boat where it's Valdez Scantling, it's it's Devontae Adams. I'd rather have Jimmy Graham before before Randall Cobb. I'd rather have Aaron Jones before Randall Cobb. He he's on the same tier as like the Jamal Williams, the Lance Kendricks, the the guys you're mixing in to to be different. But if I'm building one lineup, Randall Cobb is probably not going to be in it. Yeah, I'm not looking at Aaron Jones. Yeah, sixty percent of snaps. We do see a couple of recent game logs of fifteen and sixteen. You know, he, he was 
you know, he's averaging, what, nearly five yards a carry right now. Fantastic, yeah. At 5,400, if we're only expecting 10 to 15 out of him, or, you know, hmm, that, yeah, yeah. I guess I need to relook at him a little bit more. I didn't write about him in the article. But... Yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones is kind of a lock for me, quite frankly, uh, on this slate with the prices the way they are. So, just for what it is. Um, I don't know what to do with the with the Patriots wide receivers, though. I mean, everybody's questionable, as usual, per in true, uh, you know, Patriots fashion. Gronk's questionable, Sonny Michel, you know, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman. I think all these guys are pretty much expected to play with the exception of Michelle. You know, Julian Edelman's probably the the safest play of this bunch. I mean, he has the most consistent targets, the most consistent, you know, returns. I think I sound like a broken record. Josh Gordon, if he was ever utilized the way I think he could be utilized, he could have a monster day. And if there's a if there's a secondary to do it against, it's against the Packers secondary who just traded, you know, arguably their best defensive back in, in HaHa Clinton Dix. So I think it's a nice week for Josh Gordon. Uh, he comes with immense volatility, though. Yeah. I mean, he's still learning the playbook. I agree with you on the upside. And they just, it feels like this is a situation that they're just like, well, we're not going to force him in. Like, you even remember Monday night, they're like, well, he's, he, he's not going to, he's going to have reduction of snaps because of something. He still had like 80% of snaps. Yeah. Like, that yeah. didn't happen. So, I also think Gordon will be very popular because people are looking to see, oh, 7,400 is in that middle value. Hey, you know what? That's a pretty good value for, for talent. But he just has not hit that 2x threshold. He's only done it once with 17 points against the Bears. I'm, and that was because he got 100 yards on the dot. Without that, with you know one less yard, and he's, only, he's at 13.9 because of the 100-yard bonus. I don't think he's there. Edelman's an interesting case because he's seen a lot of targets, but he, again, finally just got his first 100-yard game. Outside of that, I don't know if he hits 2x in any of his other games, so he's safe, but do I really want to pay 8800 for him? No. I think I'd rather just go to James White, who, by the way, is seeing more targets. He's had double-digit targets in four of his last five games. He's putting up 23-plus points in four of those games. At 9600 he's 2.5x for the most part, with upside for 3x, and maybe even potentially 3.5x. For me, White's my favorite play. He's my captain right now, and we'll see how I readjust, but I'm having a hard time getting off James White. Yeah, I I, I think so, too. Um, in general, I think what I'm going to try to do this week, we've kind of talked about it. I still want the two quarterbacks. I think that's where the points are going to flow through. I want one running back. I'm probably not going to roster both Jones and White. I'm going to probably pick one or the other. Um, and I want one kicker, and then I'll kind of piecemeal the rest together. So that that's kind of my general lineup uh, strategy for this game. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad strategy. Even though I do think both kickers are very viable because, from a floor perspective, they're they're getting double digits most weeks. I mean, you take out the Crosby disaster in Detroit, and I think Goskowski and Jacksonville, I think they've all had at least eight points every single week. So maybe Crosby's the better play at three thousand, but I think they're certainly both in play. Right. Yeah, no doubt about that. Let's move on and talk about the Monday night game, which is not nearly as exciting. Um, we are gifted with the opportunity to watch Tennessee take on Dallas in Dallas. Um, it's going to be an interesting game here. Um, it, it's one where we're going to get to see Amari Cooper and see how he interacts with, with Dak. Um, 
it's uh, it's going to be a, a slate skater where personally, and this is my approach to it. And I mentioned this on the premium podcast uh, earlier this week, but I'm not going to get cute with this game. I am going to put Ezekiel Elliott in my captain spot and I'm just going to fill in the rest. All right. I'm going to try to argue you here a little bit. Cause I looked this up. Tennessee's actually been fairly solid against running backs. Like they're, they're league average, but they're like top five dingiest against pass catching running backs this season. So basically what you're relying on is Ezekiel Elliott for a hundred yards and at least one touchdown all of which are very viable. But I'm assuming he's going to be the $12,000 player. Yeah, which means, we don't have pricing as of right now. Right, so. which I don't know. I mean, from a raw points perspective, yes, I think he's the best play. But do I want to throw him in captain where I don't know if he can get the 2X, and what does he cost me? He gets he, – he'll get me 2X anyway. I mean, it doesn't matter. He, he gets one and a half points. You know what I mean? Like, he'll get there with one and a half points and one and a half costs. It, 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 that's not really going to be a, an issue to me. Um or can I can I ask this theoretical question? Is is there a lot of difference between the Washington defense and the Tennessee defense? No. Because he, Washington just shut him down. Now I don't know what the emergence of Amari Cooper will do as far as Tennessee goes. But nothing, nothing this game. I and that's the thing that I I caution people: be careful because this guy he's got to learn the playbook. He's got. I mean, it's the same concern with Demarius Thomas this week when Houston. You know, we, I don't think that these guys who are acquired, especially wide receivers midweek, are going to be able to be counted on to do much, if anything at all. It's just too much to ask to be able to learn all the plays in, in the time. Yeah, he has an extra day, but I am going to do a complete fade on Amari Cooper this week. I think I will be, but there's a there's a case for him. Tennessee is second worst against number one wide receivers this, this year. So Amari does intrigue me. But I'm with you. I don't know if I can go there simply because has he learned enough of the playbook? And it's Amari Cooper. He's very inconsistent. But he's at least a deep flyer for me. Cole Beasley might be the guy here. 19 targets in the past uh, two games. PPR type of guy. He's what I could see end up being my captain, especially if he's cheap. Because yeah. I could probably play both quarterbacks and Zeke and still have room for a kicker and one other player from Tennessee. I have a I have somebody in mind for that spot. Yeah, you know, the only offensive player from Tennessee that I have much if any interest in it, it's Corey Davis, who um he was completely cleared from the injury report. So he's gonna he's definitely gonna play. He sees he sees consistent targets and he's you know against Philadelphia he saw fifteen. Against Miami he saw thirteen. So he has these games where they spike. Um he's to me the most talented wide receiver of this bunch. He has a solid, you know, yards per reception average, but he's volatile. And but in these showdown slates, I'm okay taking a little bit of volatility, especially if I'm getting the consistent targets, because you know at least I have that that safe base there with the targets. He's the only Tennessee guy I really want, besides like if we get into kickers or defense. I don't, and I think this might be a week where kickers and defense are going to be viable on the slate. If we're talking volatility, I think Marcus Mariota is a very volatile yes. option. Because maybe now there we've had a you know a little bit of time where his hand is healed that he can now throw, and I think if you're gonna play Corey Davis, don't you almost have to play the correlation with Mariota in this game where we don't expect pricing to be overly difficult 
Yeah, probably. It'll be interesting. I actually in this game where it's so ugly, I'm excited to see what the pricing looks like yeah. because the players are I'd say pretty much on par with what we saw in the uh San Francisco Oakland game, would you say? I mean, no, because I think there's more talent in this game. I mean, you at least have mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper, who, That's true. from a talent oh. perspective, are probably more talented than anybody in that game. That's true. Um, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do we think Deion Lewis gets six, tar- six targets in this game? I think that's fair. Then I think you have to play him, because every time... He, I, I looked this up. Every time he's had six targets this season, he's scored double-digit points. When he doesn't get six targets, he's single-digit points. Dallas is giving up nearly eight catches a game to running backs. In general, their defense is pretty good, though. Right, but if I get the PPR value of Deion Lewis, I can't imagine he's more than... He's probably in that seven, dollars $8,000 price range, I would assume. I think he's got a viable chance to hit value. He's been double digits the past two weeks, and for some unknown reason, he's in the 5 or 6K range. I think he might be a semi-must-play. Yeah, I... I could maybe I could maybe see that. The thing I'll caution you, Skeeter, is Sean Lee's gonna play, right? He's not injured again. Um, I actually didn't do the injury report last night, so. I think he, I think he played in the twenty, which would be the last game they played on the twenty first, right? So. Yeah, yeah, he is projected to play. It looks like. Yeah. So my my only thing to caution you is he was banged up and he missed several games. So part of the the numbers that you're using with the the Cowboys, uh, the eight receptions per game, that's partially due to him being out. He's a big difference. That 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 defense is much much different when he's on the field. Right. So that's the only caution that I'll, that I'll throw out there. No, and, and I think that's a good point. The problem is, again, we're searching for Tennessee options here. Yes. I don't even think Tajay Sharp is the worst play. He did see nine targets in London. And Dallas has kind of been okay against other, other receivers. Like, I'm just trying to think of these cheap guys that nobody's going to be on who have at least a chance to perform. I actually think, well, this, I actually think this could be a two-kicker game. Yes. I'm... Um, I'm 100% on board with that. But, I mean, if you're going to talk about guys who have opportunities and nobody's going to be on and they're cheap, uh, that's Derrick Henry, right? I know. Like, you just shudder even, like, uh, bringing up his name. I mean, the guy has averaged 2.8 yards per attempt, 3.0 yards per attempt, 5.1, 3.0, 3.2, 3.1, 2.6. It's been bad. It's been really bad. Um, he did see two catches for 32 yards in uh, in the London game. I, and he got a touchdown. So, theoretically, he got more work. Um, it was a close game, too. It's not like it was a blowout and he was getting garbage time work. I mean, he was getting work. And, you know, no one's going to be on him. People might be on Deion Lewis. Nobody's going to be on Derrick Henry. No. If this is Derrick Henry against, like, the Raiders or Broncos, teams who really struggle against the run, Absolutely. But Dallas is fourth DVOA against the run this year. I just mm-hmm. I, that just that's enough for me right there with a, a volatile guy in a poor matchup. I get it from a game theory perspective. He'll be on their own. I think there's a really good reason he's on their own. I'm going yeah. to pass. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. What about Dak Prescott? Because he's had 20 plus points the past couple of games. And, yeah, you know, I, I expect like him to kind of be in that 10,000 range. So I think he's kind of a two and a half x type of guy. With rushing upside, 
Yeah. I Agree. know he'll be popular, but he might be hard to yeah. avoid. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think it's, in this game, you're just, you're going for points. I mean, you just, you want to take the, the, I think you just take the obvious plays that are points. I do think it might be a two-kicker game. Um, and I think if you gambled on a defense, I personally, skill level-wise, I like the Dallas defense skill-wise better than I like the Tennessee defense. So if I'm picking the defense, it's probably going to be the Dallas defense. Oh, yeah, but, because, uh, yeah, because I even looked at this again. Tennessee only has one game where they first multiple turnovers. Plus, let's also remember a few weeks ago, Baltimore did have 11 sacks and shut out the Titans. Yeah. So, I think this is a great spot for two kickers, Dallas defense, Zeke, Prescott, and pick your favorite other guy, whether it's Lewis or, for me, Sharp, for you, Davis, um, maybe even Beasley. Again, it's tough to know because we don't have the pricing out, but just trying to come off the top of the head what we think it could be. Yeah. So any other any other thoughts for the Monday night game? Um, what's gonna be the worst Monday night game this week or next week with Giants and 49ers? This one. <laughs> <laughs> at least with the at least next week you got Beckham and you got Barkley and Kittle and Kittle and maybe Brita if a man can and superstar Nick himself. Mullins. And Nick Mullins, so and whoever the Giants decide to roll out at quarterback. So. <laughs> well, I don't think it would be Kyle Lalette after he got arrested. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Skeeter, I think uh, I think what we're seeing here is it's the it's the kind of the tale of two slates. I mean, it's complete opposite Sunday night versus Monday night. I think you know Sunday night it's going to be. Um, it's going to be challenging to put laps together with the best players. I think Monday night, I don't think it's going to be that. We don't know the sellers yet, but we don't think it's probably going to be that challenging to get the, the best players into your lineup. So um, with that, um, you know, good luck this week. As always, you can hit up Skeeter at Skeeter Robinson uh, on Twitter. I'm at Michael Waldo on Twitter, but Skeeter's the showdown king, so he can probably answer your showdown questions a little bit more, uh, you know, accurately <laughs> let's just say then then i could i was the showdown king back when we had defensive players involved but oh that's right alas that has that has gone away so anyway um thanks for listening in thanks for letting me join the podcast this week skeeter and bennett uh get well soon yep yep we'll uh, talk to you next week thanks for joining michael